Hello, this is Mark Galliotti with another one of my In Moscow Shadow Cellcasts, short micro-podcasts, going out on the day of recording to patrons, and that's Tuesday the 29th of September, and a week later to everyone else. And I want to talk about a week in the life of Sergei Narishkin. Sergei Narishkin, director of the SVR, the Foreign Intelligence Service, and a man who most of the time, keeps a moderately low profile, but not, as I say, in the last week. Today, he was opining on Belarus, of course, and essentially portraying it as a clear battleground between an evil, nefarious West and the forces of honest constitutional order in Minsk. As far as he was concerned, this is what he'd been saying, that the America is... This is words, using the most unscrupulous methods to aggravate the situation in Belarus. Because, I suppose, as we all know, otherwise the situation was going so well. As far as he's concerned, Belarusian extremists, quote-unquote, were being trained in Poland, Georgia, Ukraine and the Baltic states, talk about usual suspects, by instructors from the CIA, the Pentagon and the State Department. And in particular, he said that there was a planned provocation in order to try and pit Catholics against the Orthodox Church, possibly with the arrest or even death of a priest. And in particular, that was intended to try and tip the uh, Vatican's favour behind the current situation, the current uh, rising, rather. Then again, how many divisions does the Pope have? So... In some ways, not a particularly surprising message. It's the kind of message we've been seeing, but probably at the extreme end. I mean, short of NATO tanks rolling over the border, it's about as extreme as we've had. Anyway, so that was today. Yesterday, we had him commenting on the flare-up of fighting between Armenia and Azerbaijan over Nagorno-Karabakh. There, he was striking a statesmanlike note, saying that it had to be resolved by diplomatic means and was regrettable and so forth. In many ways, and the interesting thing is precisely, he had nothing to say, and yet he insisted on saying it, and in a medium that basically meant it went out to all the print and online and indeed TV media. Five days ago, in his other incarnation as chair of the Russian Historical Society, he was touring the new medieval Tula um, exhibit in Moscow to mark the 500-year anniversary. Now, okay, great. I mean, I must admit, I'd love to see the medieval Tula exhibit if I could get to Moscow. But the interesting thing was that it also, as well as being a chance to show off on a historical moment, but it also brought him into good contact with the governor of Tula province, who's Alexei Dumin, former bodyguard of Putin's, a man who Putin was at one point clearly trying to groom for something higher. Dumin proved not really up to that position. But nonetheless, this is still a significant figure who has direct line into the boss. Beyond that, he also was touring an archaeological dig on Kremlin grounds, the 17th century Prakazov building. And seven days ago, he was commenting about the Navalny case, but particularly the Navalny case and how the West, above all America, is trying to use it to sabotage the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline. And essentially that this was all being 
um, exacerbated artificially precisely for national goals. And the Europeans ought to realise this. The Europeans ought to realise the extent to which, above all, the Americans were essentially trying to give them cold winters because they wouldn't be able to access all this lovely cheap Russian gas just simply for Washington's advantage. And as if that was not enough, there was one other point. He had, this is before last week, but he had earlier commented on Russia's Novichok sources. And a week ago, it was the job of presidential press spokesman uh, Dmitry Peskov to try and untangle what seemed to be a contradiction. Maria Zakharova, spokeswoman of the foreign ministry, had said that Russia had never had stocks of Novichok. Conversely, Narishkin had said that Russia had destroyed its stocks of Novichok along with other chemical weapons. Peskov had to step in to smooth out the issue and more or less say, don't get tied up in the specific wording. This together is a really, as I say, quite uncharacteristic uh, flurry of public appearances. Now, look, it's not that Narishkin is kept from view. I mean, he is basically a former parliamentarian who was then brought into the Foreign Intelligence Service. But nonetheless, this just strikes me on a purely impressionistic basis to be an especially high density of comments and also interesting in the nature of things. He is currently being spoken of, once again, as a potential successor to Valentina Matvienka, who is the Speaker of the Federation Council, the upper chamber of the Russian Parliament. And I don't know if he wants that job or not. I don't know if it's going to be up. In fact, uh, recently Putin had a meeting with the Federation Council in which he was expected that he'd be announcing some, some great changes, but he didn't. All put together, this does sound like Narishkin putting out his stall for his next job. By all accounts, he's enjoying his time at the Foreign Intelligence Service, but I don't get the sense that he's particularly hands-on, or indeed necessarily especially well regarded by his own people. I think it's pretty clear that this is not his long-term career destination. He's going to be moving on, and they know that, and he knows that. And he's clearly pitching for something more interesting. The fact that he's been seen with Dumin, who has not been a crony beforehand at any at all, but nonetheless, Narishkin very much seemed to be flattering him, definitely schmoozing him. The fact that he's being involved in you know, trying to comment on a whole variety of issues, and actually, by all accounts, it's that it's his press office that is in some ways pushing. It's not that people just happening to ask him to comment. It's his press office that is pushing to get his opinion on everything from Belarus to medieval Tula out there in the media. And generally trying to drive this notion of himself as a statesman as well as a strong patriot who will stand up for Russia. The usual kind of rhetorical escalation that we see in politicians, not just in Russia, when they see nationalism as an easy way to try and gain some brownie points. Now, this is interesting. I I have no idea if he's going to go for the Federation Council. I suppose I should be cautious saying so. When in uh, 2019, this was pitched as a notion in Commerçant, it led to the gutting of the newspaper's political department, because apparently Matvienka leaned on Usmanov, the, the owner of Commerçant. Not that I'm expecting any similar pressure. But nonetheless, I think it more just speaks to the wider issue of a certain sense of things are on the move, things are changing. 
And I don't know if Narishkin regards himself as a future prime minister or, or even something greater or what. But just generally, we see figures like him setting out their stalls when they feel there is a need to do so. His earlier part of his time at the SVR, he was keeping a low prof profile. He was very much trying to play the role of the careful, conscientious, patriotic, obviously, but low-key intelligence chief. Suddenly now, he's blitzing the media. That says something. We'll just have to see what. This is, as I say, just a little speculative point raised by the fact that the last seven days of Sergei Narishkin's life do seem to have been really rather busy. Anyway, that's all for today. This is just, as I say, an, another little cell cast that goes out first to patrons. If you're listening to this uh, a week late and you wish you could have heard it earlier, well, you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash in Moscow shadows. And until the next cell cast or podcast, thank you very much indeed for listening. Не скоро я к нему вернусь обратно. Ты только будь, пожалуйста, со мною, товарищ правда, товарищ правда.